welcome to Tone Deaf, a theater nerd's guide for their musically challenged spouse. I'm Kay, a musical theater nerd. And I am Warren 3000, no longer musically challenged. My mind is the internet. I know all lyrics to all media. Human female, stop laughing. What is it that you find humorous about my superiority? Oh my gosh. I wasn't sure how you were going to start this, but that is really well related to uh, what this episode is about. This surprise Saturday release episode. Surprise. I think I need to recalibrate one. <laughs> You all right, babe? Huh? What's up? Are we recording? Yes, we're recording. Oh, welcome to Tone Deaf. I'm Warren. I'm uh, musically challenged. And uh, did you already introduce yourself? Oh, oh, okay. Well, this hey, this is Kay. And they're awesome. Oh, gosh. And they're also kind of a theater nerd. Yeah, kind of. Kind um, of, just a little bit. So today is a special episode because, as I said, we are releasing this episode on a Saturday, which is strange. But today is Saturday, May 30th. It's strange and unusual, but we ourselves are strange and unusual. Beetlejuice fans will get that reference. yeah. I just, I was trying, I, I was wondering why, because we're not covering the Beetlejuice musical, babe. We don't have access to it. <laughs> yeah, sorry. So today is the first edition of Kay and Warrantine. It's kind of an experimental thing that whenever we feel like doing a little special episode here and there, uh, covering a topic that doesn't completely fit into musical theater, then we're just going to do that. And I, uh, I won superiority because of the day that we're releasing this one. Kay beat me into submission, you guys. Yep, I did. Um, today, we are going to be talking about one of my absolute 1000% favorite actors of all time, Keir DeLay. Who Kay may or may not have a crush on. Allegedly. Yes. Do I need to dig up old fan fiction? No. <laughs> no, you don't. I can promise you that. <laughs> I didn't do fan fiction about crushes, babe. I just did fan fiction about media I was interested in. Yes, I did write 2001 A Space Odyssey fan fiction, but no, it was not crush related. Like, anything like that. It was just more alternate ending. It was a lot of AUs. Anyway... <laughs> moving right along <laughs> moving right along so this one this episode is going to be still related to theater because Kier delay is a actor that has done both stage and screen um but uh i just i wanted to celebrate his birthday today by doing this because i haven't been able to draw a comic for him in like years and, and so he's, and he's also like a really awesome freaking he's guy he's a super awesome freaking guy oh my gosh you guys he's so cool like even though my wife may or may not have uh, a crush on on this particular guy i've met him exactly once and uh 
Just really freaking solid mm-hmm. dude. And you missed the last, the chance that we had a couple of years back yeah, to meet I, him because you I were was, super sick. Yeah, I was sick. Where, but we'll talk about that later. Um, Ignore but, me! No! Um, oh but God, so, look at that. Oh my goodness, I'm going to have to edit so much. It's almost like a whale noise. No! <laughs> so... I'm going to I'm going to take you back to how I kind of got into his movies. So I don't know when I picked up 2001 a Space Odyssey the book, but I did. And I read it and I was immediately just enthralled by it cuz it it just spoke to everything that I liked like uh AI, space travel, uh interdimensional inter- aliens, interdimensional <laughs> aliens, prehistory, like all of that stuff just speaks to me so i was very interested in it but the ending confused the hell out of me Mm. of the book Mm. not of because i was just sort of like wait am i reading this right is he in a zoo what (laughs) (laughs) so spoilers well you know if you there we go (laughs) people who haven't seen the movie yet you've got a little bit of the explanation from the book but i i watched the movie because i was like confused a little bit about the book and sometimes and so i was like well maybe the movie will shed some light and watching the movie i got struck by cure delay and then i watched 2010 and was like holy holy smokes this this dude is freaking amazing and talented and also yes have a crush um it's <laughs> <laughs> okay and so these these are the days back when uh blockbuster and hollywood video and video verns all still existed and um so i i would go to rent dvds because dvds were a thing at this point like it was it was after they stopped bringing out vhs's though video verns did do a big vhs fire sale and i remember that day and i still have all those vhs's (laughs) um (laughs) but i i Sort of, I, because of the way that I am, I latch on to something and I have to consume all media related to it. <laughs> when, when Kay gets their teeth into something, they, they, like a vampire, drain it of all that is of it until nothing remains. You've been enjoying listening to Dracula, haven't you? <laughs> I, I have been enjoying listening to Dracula. I'm currently listening to Dracula on Audible, and it is mwah, chef kiss. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm very, I'm very impressed with it. Anyway, this isn't about Dracula. But so I, I decided to look into shows he had been in, and I found uh, stuff like David and Lisa, which was the first one that I saw of his outside of 2001 and 2010, and it, oh, y'all, that I is one of my movies of all time i remember watching that with you and being very because that was the thing too is like so i like i need to preface this with i like kier i (laughs) i i genuinely like him he's a a a fantastic dude um (laughs) before i met him i did hate him just a little (laughs) because of how much you liked him i've got a bit of a jealous streak you know i can't help it uh (laughs) But and, and I had seen 2001 uh, Space Odyssey uh, previously before you and I ever met. Yeah. And then after I met you, we watched some of the other movies that uh, he was in. And David and Lisa was one that really kind of 
I want to say punched me in the brain a little bit because mm-hmm. it kind of forced me to be like, <laughs> it was like, she likes him more than what you're worried about. Like he <laughs> is a talented individual. Yeah. He is a good, like, like it was kind of like, okay, you know, not just a good looking guy that your that your girlfriend has a thing for. Like he is a good actor. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> David and Lisa was really good. Yeah. Like, that's, that's, Oh, that's that, one of those that I think probably deserves a, a remaster and a re-release. There is... I would not mind a remaster and re-release. There is a reboot of it, but I've never seen it. Um, mm. And David and Lisa is based on a play, I believe. So Oh, yeah. I remember you telling me someday, that. Someday. Okay. Someday. Um, after COVID's over, maybe some theater will put it on. They can turn um, it into a musical and then we'll review it. Yes. <laughs> I mm, No, you can do that you could they could do a whole song about the murder clock (laughs) i love the murder clock that was like that was a movie that spoke to me on so many levels when i saw it so that was that was the third cure movie that i had ever seen and um all of these movies you can get access to either you can get them on amazon or ebay that was how eBay was how I got a lot of my DVDs for a while because they were just not, yeah. they weren't on Amazon. They weren't well, anywhere it, yet. It, it was and, not the age of instant gratification yet. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, like that one, David and Lisa is probably one of the best portrayals of mental illness and the different types of mental illness especially for the 60s like it's one of the best ones i've seen it it yeah it it is uh for its time absolutely uh i don't want to say necessarily groundbreaking but for its time it is absolutely revolutionary in the way that it portrays that it's not just everybody with a mental illness is you know uh, uh, a wacko serial Mm -hmm. killer you're not job you know it's, it's like yeah they were the first ones to be like, well, these are people. These are people with problems. And they're treated with humanity. Yeah. In it. And being a mentally ill person, I... Yo. And both of us, it very much was like a, oh, wow, this isn't like One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, mm-hmm. or this isn't... Uh, I'm trying to think of other there's, examples. There's like, no dipping them in ice baths and electroshocking. Yeah, like, it's very... like Because it was... No lobotomies. <laughs> which is interesting for the time, because at the time, that was still the treatment the preferred treatment was like lobotomies and stuff we'll keep shocking you until you behave the way we want yeah and this they actually show alternative treatments for mentally ill teens with talk therapy and art therapy and Mm -hmm. all sorts of things like that and so it's it's revolutionary to see that so that was a movie that definitely was like a bing this dude's an amazing actor Mm -hmm. oh my gosh um, and you know, he, it's so funny cause, uh, uh, he has the same curse that Kay and I have uh-huh. with like the perpetual young face. Yes. Cause I love, what was it? God, well, cause 2001 came out in, in, uh, 68, 68. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I knew it was late sixties. And then 2010 came out like what? 20 years later. Uh, yeah, it was in the eighties that yeah. 2010 came out. And I love, I remember, uh, we saw a thing with, uh, with Keir and he was talking about how like he contacted the director. Like, I know you might think that I've aged a lot in 20 <laughs> years, but you might be surprised. Like <laughs> Keir DeLay is one of those guys that you, you watch 2001. And then if you watch 2010, they don't use any, like it's, it's him. It's him 20 years apart and yeah. he looks the same. Yeah. And it's that same kind of thing that it almost makes me laugh and 
I'm sure that they didn't ID for PG-13. No, they didn't have PG-13. Nope, anyway, they did not have PG-13 at the so, time. I was... <laughs> Care how how old were you when you stopped getting ID'd for rated R movies? <laughs> At least once you started growing a beard, we stopped getting ID'd for PG thirteen. Yeah, I grew a beard to try and look older. Mm-hmm. If I shave it, then it's like, oh, how long have you been out of high school? <laughs> oh man! So, of course, David and Lisa wasn't the first thing that he did, um, and I've there's some good biography stuff out there. I'm just going to kind of like give little snippets of info dumping that I can, um, without like info dump on us, babe. Gosh. (laughs) So, um, he was born in Cleveland, Ohio. Um, he's, he was raised in the Greenwich village in New York. Uh, he's a graduate of George school, which is in Pennsylvania. And, um, he went to both Rutgers and San Francisco State and then went into theater. So he went theater first, then screen. So theater first, then screen. Because this is this is the 50s about, like, yeah, 50s. So he would be, TV would be just now a burgeoning thing, which, oh my gosh, I want to do a Kay and Morantine that's a history of TV. Anyway, um... <laughs> After your next one, that might be it. Kay did a happy little nerd dance, and it kind of reminded me of, like, a penguin. It was really cute. So, um, he ended up in New York after doing, like, a lot of regional theater and summer stock, which, uh, summer stock still exists. Is that, like, Woodstock, but every year? (laughs) I'm just kidding. I'm not that dumb. I'm trying to think of places that you would think of as summer stock. Tuacon kind of is. Summer um, stock just sounds like something that runs for the summer and then ends. Basically, like, yeah. yeah. Uh, Tuacon kind of is because they're an outdoor amphitheater. And like when you go down to perform at Tuacon, you basically live there. <laughs> you live on site. Yeah, you live on site. And uh, there's one that a lot of folks here in Utah go to that's up in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, that they do summer stock up there. Um, and then I guess you could count the Lagoon plays, which, why is Lagoon open right now? Anyway, um, (laughs) cause money, goodness. Anyway, um, so he goes to New York after doing summer stock and makes, uh, a debut in New York in Sticks and Bones. By the way, he's going to be on Broadway during this run of things. I'm, I'm, I'm working up to him going to Broadway, basically. Cause... Sticks and stones may break my bones, but I was already dead because those are my bones. I, I, you told me that I can't curse, so I now I'm, <laughs> I'm relegated to the realm of just bad, stupid jokes. <laughs> At least it's not like when we did Black History Month where we were covering heavy topics and you couldn't curse like i said that's why you gave me the screaming pillow yes so you don't need a screaming pillow for this one because it's all good (laughs) so um he was also in uh he was on tv uh in naked city and route 66 and checkmate about about route 69 warren sorry (laughs) sorry (laughs) 
We're still. Are we still on parole? Oh, we're still on parole. <laughs> Son of. Warren. So, um, he's he's done other stage stuff at this point, like in the late fifties, early sixties. But then he gets his film debut in Hoodlum Priest in nineteen sixty one, which you and I also watched. What? Oh, we did. Yes, we watched that one. Um, it's a. It's the one with Kier as the uh, youth that ends up getting gassed at the end of it. And it's all about the priest that's talking to these kids that are in prison and stuff. And I don't think I remember that one. No worries. I've made you watch a lot of them. Well, it, <laughs> it, it, it may... It, Depending on when you had us watch it, it may have also been at one of those periods where, like, you and I were only seeing each other on, like, the weekends. That might... I think so, that was it. So there was usually, like, you know, copious amounts of wine involved with mm-hmm. those evenings. Yes. And so it could be relegated to one of those memories. Because mm-hmm. I do remember the, the cowboy one that yeah. was as well. Because he was naked in that one. And I was like, oh, I know why you like this one. <laughs> oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. We're getting to that one. Those ones. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Please continue, Kay. So he's in Hoodlum Priest with Don Murray, who you won't remember him in anything except for Hoodlum Priest. (laughs) (laughs) But I can't do any real real connections of synapses there. Curse of the Witch. Curse of the Witch. And um, he's, he's still pretty young at this time. Uh, he's like 25 doing that one, playing a teen. And then, yeah, he he could do it. Yep. Yes, he could. And in fact, that leads us to his second film, which is David and Lisa, which is the one that I was gushing about earlier as my third Cure film that I had seen. So, um, he actually won the Golden Globe for most promising male newcomer with that one. Nice. And I'm like, yes, 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 yes. Needs more awards for that one, but yes. Yes, yes, yes. I think it'd be fair to say he just needs more awards. He does need more awards. Cure delay for a Tony. Please. Take them all. Even set design. <laughs> I, I think I remember when I was... Uh, gosh, I might have been 20 when I... No. Yeah, I was... 2021, so right around the time that I met you, I had read a thing that talked about that he did do carpentry as well. So it's like, yeah, dude, you dude's friggin' awesome. You made a joke about that when we watched the next yes, one. Yes, yes. Okay, I couldn't remember if I had... Okay, so I'm, I am remembering things correctly. Synapses are connecting it. Woo! Woo! So, um... He was in Thin Red Line, which you haven't seen yet. Uh, and this was the 1964 version. There is a remake of I, Thin Red Line. I that's... remember the commercials from when the remake was yeah. advertising for theaters. Yeah, and he was in that one. Uh, that's one that we'll need to watch together at some point. Is that about Vietnam? No, Guadalcanal, which I think is World War Two. Mm. And um, anyway, then after that. What, and that was in 64, so in 65, he does Bunny Lake is Missing, which you which have seen. We have seen. Another good... That one That one was really good, too, and it had such a a twist at the end. Yeah. Because like, you, don't, you don't expect it yeah. at all. And so it was very much one of those, like, what a twist. And that one, 
Kier has some great stories about Otto Preminger as director. Uh, and yeah, that, like, he was... <laughs> I tried to remember the line that Kier said. Oh, I remember Otto it. said, Can I remember you do it if you want Can me to do, do it? it. Yeah. Because we were, it was, it, I think it was Phoenix Comic Con. Yes, so when, when, when Kay and I first met uh, Kier Delay. Well, when you first okay. met Kier. <laughs> When you first met me. I met uh, him before I met you. <laughs> Not like that. Um, um, it was at Roswellian <laughs> UFO convention, and it was awesome. But uh, when I first met him, we went down to uh, Comic-Con in Phoenix. It was before they were doing conventions in Utah and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And uh, so we went down to Comic-Con in Phoenix and uh, got to meet him there and stuff. Just like I said, great guy. We had dinner afterwards and stuff and just really nice to sit down and talk with him and meet him. Introduced us to Kilt Lifter. Yeah, it was a good beer. Anyway, anyway. Um, so when we were at uh, a panel that he was on that was for uh, 2001... A uh, person in the audience had asked him, what was it like going from, what was the director you just mentioned? Otto Preminger. Otto Preminger to working with... Uh, uh, Stanley Kubrick. Thank you, <laughs> Stanley Kubrick. And he had said that it was like going from hell to heaven. Mm-hmm. And he thought, because, you know, uh, he talked about with Otto Preminger, he was always yelling at the actors and he would like throw stuff at them and stuff like that. And one of the actors on stage, I don't remember specifically who, was telling Otto that he needed to apologize because he was just being way too rude and aggressive. And, and he said, fine, I apologize, but you have no talent. <laughs> and the, the way that Kieran said it, told the story was way better because of course he was there so he can tell it better. I'm just going off of uh, memory. Oh, like decade old memories. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anyway, uh, but yeah, and that was just so funny. Yeah, it was. Oh man, it was crazy. Ah, uh, but yeah, Bunny Lake is missing is one that is a rough watch. <laughs> it, well, I don't it know. It can be it, like it, okay. So for those who might be interested, Bunny Lake is missing. the The elevator pitch for it is that this brother and sister who are uh, living in England, mm-hmm. and uh, the sister has a daughter. And they just barely kind of move to England. They're getting settled in their new flat. And the daughter goes missing. Mm-hmm. And the whole movie is about trying to find her. And Cure Delay's character is really great in it. And, and just very much like, we will find her. And that is just very... And then there's this... this, And then there's this reveal later on. And it just kind of inverts the whole show. Mm-hmm. And it just is... Re- it was I did not expect it at all. Yeah. And it was very like, ooh... I swear that they kind of remade that with that movie that takes place on a plane flight where a woman's son goes missing. I know. Was that I Red s- Eye? No. Red Eye's different. Red Eye has Frankenpen. Um, <laughs> I, I, I know what you're talking about, though. Yeah. It's like, it's some movie where it's, okay, I got you. Like, the woman has her child. Okay. I, yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. The child's yeah. missing. And then they're like, we checked the manifest. You came on board by yourself. And yeah. Someone's trying to take my child. Yeah. I, I, I got, I get strong Bunny Lake is missing vibes from that one. You know, and so. art, art, uh, art imitates itself. And yeah. So, you know, there, it's very, it's very possible that it was influenced by that. I almost did the thing that that person that you were talking about said with the, all stories have been. Uh, <laughs> so slight tan- uh, can I tell this story? Yes, you can. Uh, yeah. Just change names. Yeah, well, I won't say. I'll say. So, so uh, before Kay was working with me, 
when I was uh, working at this place, um, we were talking just, it was an open floor environment, uh, data processing, and we were just kind of talking about movies and, and books and just stories in general. And we were talking about stories that are similar. And then it kind of broke down to, you know, well, there's only like six stories kind mm -hmm. of thing and everything kind of comes from those and expands. And a coworker pipes up and she goes, yeah, and they're all in the Bible. And everybody just went dead silent because nobody wanted to be offensive and say, you realize that society existed before mm -hmm. the Bible. People mm -hmm. were telling stories before the Bible. Mm -hmm. And historians have shown that a lot of those stories are based on other stories. Mm -hmm. uh, but that's neither here nor there. And now we've gone into somebody's going to be a Tangents, the podcast. That's us. So, um, Bunny Lake is missing. Yes, Bunny Lake is missing. So that one just like it. It's a rough watch for me because of the tension. Because I always like tension when when shows do tension really well. I have to take longer breaks in between watching them. It's like how it took me years. Like we watched Get Out when it first came out, mm. and then it was several. It was a couple of years later. That we had, we could rewatch it again because I was just like, every time I hear a teacup, I freak out. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it. Some movies have that effect. Yeah, yeah. That you, they're not the kind of movie that you could pop in and watch every weekend type mm -hmm. of thing. And uh, some science fiction movies, I feel that way. Like a lot movies in general, there's a lot of movies I feel that way. Mm -hmm. Very rarely is there a movie that when it's over, I'm like, man, I want to watch that again. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, that is one of those movies that you watch it and you're just like, whew. Mm -hmm. I just sit with myself for a moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's so good. It's so good. Y'all, okay, so this is also kind of like a plug for go get these movies if you can find them because they're good. Kay and Warren in Kay and Warren team just kind of talk about stuff that they like. Yes. But like this, this particular episode is go get, go get you all these Cure movies. Yeah, I was just I'm say, giving you film recommendations right now. Go watch Cure Delay movies. So the next one, <laughs> the next one, which isn't the next one. Um, <laughs> sorry. Let me guess. The next one is 2001. No. Oh. It is a groundbreaking film that features lesbians called the Fox. It's a lesbian couple. We have not seen this one. Yeah, yet. I was going to say, that doesn't ring any bells. I got it, and it was one of those things where, like, it came in, and then I moved down with you, and then it got lost in the jumble. So it might still be at my mom's house. It might be somewhere else. So d does, uh... Does Kier really flex his range muscles and play one of the lesbians? Kay just double faced palm, but I think that joke is freaking gold. So Jesus. I'm going to fight for that. No, but he comes in between <laughs> the two lesbians. Ha, 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 Warren! <laughs> <laughs> I can't not laugh at a setup like that. You... you, you you I you know so me. Didn't mean it that way. You're married oh, no. to me. You know what to expect. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, he he comes between the two lesbians. Yeah. Um. And God, it's a kind of like a fox in a hen house. That's why it's called the fox. Ah. 
Yep. So really, he so really he comes between a bisexual and a lesbian. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But we didn't exist until later. So I mean, you still don't because you're married to me. So you're obviously <laughs> heterosexual. <laughs> and I sometimes wear dresses, so I'm obviously not non-binary. Good lord. Anyway, <laughs> um, so. We then go from 1967 to 1968 with 2001 A Space Odyssey. Which I have seen 2001 A Space Odyssey now, like, gosh, I don't know how many times, but I've seen it on various large screens, both in movie theaters, in an auditorium at the Roswellian UFO conference, which... <laughs> I love that story. <laughs> I love that story. <laughs> so while Kay's laughing, for those of you who may not have seen the movie, and if you haven't, you should go see it. Go see it now. Go watch Turn it. off the podcast, uh, go see it now, and then come back. <laughs> uh, the beginning, like, what, 20, 30 seconds? Is, yeah. Or actually, it might be longer. It might be, like, 90 seconds? Anyway, yeah. Anyway, the beginning chunk of the movie uh, for, like, a couple minutes is just darkness and music. And I love when Kay told the story being at the Roswellian convention and, like, the people messing with the projector thinking that it wasn't working because it's not showing the movie, but they can hear the sound. Yes. And wasn't it Keir DeLay who had to come up and tell them that, like, this, this I, is normal? I can't remember if he did or if it was someone else who had, if it was someone in the audience who had seen it that was like, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. It's not broke. <laughs> hey, y'all, it ain't broke. Get away. But um, that was, ah, that, okay, I am going to tell the, the Roswellian story before we move on to the next set of, ep next set of uh, stories, um, because that was just so fun. So it was July, uh, it, was, it was Independence Day weekend, July 3rd, 4th, and 5th in 2008. I want to say it was 3rd, 4th, and 5th. I know that the 4th was one of the days because I took pictures of fireworks that day weird details <laughs> and um my mom and i went down to roswell new mexico for the roswellian ufo festival because kier was there and i had by this point sent him some cartoons that i had drawn that were my odyssey side comics which were like a mix between the far side and 2001 a space odyssey just little one shots and i was just sort of like I was so nervous, y'all. Yeah. I was so nervous. I can imagine. And um we go to we go to uh the convention and it's just in this small building. Like it's not a very big convention and it was it so I had a friend who teased me about it too because <laughs> I I am black. And I am a nerd. I am a blurred. And it was just sort of like, oh, that's your white side show. And well, you're going to a science fiction convention. You're going to a science fiction convention. And me being the way that I am, I was like, oh, hell no. I'm going to prove to you mm -hmm. that it's not the white side. And I took a picture of every single black person there. And he even said, like, oh, I, you need to take a picture. Like, if you can prove to me that there are five black people 
at this convention that are not guests, <laughs> then I'll concede. I took eight. <laughs> Is that where you stopped or was that because there were only eight? So anyway... <laughs> Roswell, New Mexico. No, I mean, that's like, that's perfectly fair. That's perfectly fair. <laughs> so, um, I'm amazed that the black people in New Mexico didn't just melt being in New Mexico, like, or burst into flames. We're, we're chocolate, but we're candy coated, so we don't melt. They, I've heard you talk about sunburn stories, so. We burn, we don't melt. <laughs> I'm glad they didn't turn into charcoal. Yeah. Um, anyway. <laughs> so. Sorry. You're fine. So um, we go to this convention and uh, it starts off with watching 2001. And I was just nervous the whole time because he's in the room. Kier DeLay is in the room and I'm sitting here like, "Ah, oh my gosh, he's over there. (laughs) This amazing actor is over there. And so um, I get, I I'm just like gobsmacked the whole time. And we go to after, after the showing of the film. And I can't remember if they showed the film and then had him do a Q and a, or if the Q and a was the next day, but I did record the whole Q and a because it was one of those things like, this is cool to document and I don't see anyone else documenting it. And I still need to get the last part of it up on YouTube. It's only been like, 2008 minus 2020. It's only been 12 years. years. (laughs) Better late than never. Yeah. So um, anyway, so he does that and we go to his booth and we meet him and we're just talking with him and he's just really friendly, like the whole time, just really sweet, really nice. And at one point he goes, okay, well, did you want any autographs or anything? And he was explaining to us why he asked to charge for autographs, which screw you eBay resellers. Screw y'all. Taking money from people for their autographs. Anyway, that's, that's my own side angry tangent towards eBay resellers. Anyway, um, so he's explaining to us and we're like, yeah, no, that's fine. I understand that because, again, stuff that you just know coming up with like theater or film industry types. Um, And so then I'm like, well, actually I have something that I would like you to sign instead. (laughs) And I unveil a comic that I had done for him to sign. And he is like, wait, you're the one who sent these. And so he is talking to uh, his assistant at the table about that. And then he calls Maya, his wife, who is awesome and deserves an episode all her own, too, because she's amazing as well and an amazing actress. And I'm so sad that you didn't get to go see her next time. Next time. Stop making me feel bad for being sick. I'm sorry. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um, But... It was it was just such a surreal and awesome experience. And that was also when I had Hal, my laptop. Oh, your old laptop. And we actually did show him Hal. And this was an Apple MacBook who... That cheated at chess. Yeah, he cheated at chess. He cheated at chess. <laughs> he would move pieces <laughs> without you moving them. Or he would make moves that were illegal. <laughs> 
Hal cheated at chess. Anyway, <laughs> please continue, Kay. He was one that I had messed with the uh, text-to-speech and voice recognition and optical recognition stuff um, with just, like, very simple changes that I made because I was, like, trying to just sort of have fun conversations with this computer that can do text-to-speech. And it created an interesting... <laughs> I don't want to say that he was an AI... <laughs> But he cheated at chess. And he would talk to you. There were some ghosts in the machine. He, I forgot about that. He would talk. Yes. <laughs> it has been so long. I forgot about that. Yes. Oh. I still have his logic board. That was so creepy sometimes, though. Yeah, I still have his logic board in a safe space so that if I can ever implant it in something, I don't know what, but... Just make sure it doesn't have nuclear launch capabilities. Oh, no. God, no. Then again, he'd probably be a better president. No argument here. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, Could so... add two plus two. <laughs> so that was, like, freaking awesome. And it was just one of those things where I... It was the best experience with a celebrity that I have ever had. And this is after I have... I had had... Because my dad... You've had a, you've had a number I've of celebrity number. experiences. Yeah, because of, like... That's one good thing about my dad is that through my dad, I met Peebo Bryson. Anyway, so like it, it was just such an amazing experience. And to know that this person that you've got high up on a pedestal is a decent human being, like not just decent, but a very amazing human being, as we'll get to like with when you got to meet him and stuff, um, just, ah. Uh, yeah, that's that's one of those life-changing experiences for me. It's it's a formative experience for me, so it's 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 an awesome moment, I guess. So that's my rant on how awesome like 2001 leading seeing 2001 leading to that was really great. Um to the moment where you got to actually meet him. To the moment where I actually got to meet Dave. Um, and I want to do a quick uh, uh, tangent just about 2001. Yes. Because it is a very pivotal science fiction movie. Mm -hmm. It came out before the moon landing. So people who mm -hmm. haven't seen it, I recommend you do watch it. And keep in mind that this is a great example of how science fiction precedes science fact. Mm -hmm. Like they have so many great examples of practical technology that is alive now that yeah. we use today. Yeah. But it came out before we actually even mm -hmm. went to space. Yeah. So it is a great... And and I've heard people complain, oh, it's slow, or it's, you know, it's not super mm -hmm. exciting because it's no pew, 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 shoo. Yeah. <laughs> it's no no space pew, pews, no, a, no visible aliens. No, yeah, it, but it's very uh, philosophical and cerebral in the way that it approaches the greater scope of human existence. Yeah. And it's the kind of science fiction that I really, really like. Like, I do like mm -hmm. the, the shooty-shooty pew-pew, because that's, that's yeah. eye candy. Yeah. But I also like soul candy, the yeah. stuff that makes you go, oh. The only science fiction movie in recent years that has made me feel the same way as 2001 makes me feel is Arrival. And I can't, and Arrival's one of those ones that you can't watch more than once. When you were talking about Get Out, I thought mm -hmm. about Arrival as well. When we were talking about that you have to, you can't really watch it 
regularly. Yeah. Because Arrival is also one of those movies that it's like after you watch it, you're like, oh. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of like have to sit with it for a little bit. And you can't, you, it's not the kind of movie you could watch a lot. Yeah. And not, not that it's a bad movie, just because once the reveal happens. Yeah. You then know. And it's, well, yeah, it's just that kind of experience. Mm-hmm. A lot of the experience in and of itself is the act of seeing it for the first time. Yeah. Uh, but sorry. Anyway. No worries. Um, but uh, it's, it's one of those ones because I've seen folks recently kind of trashing 2001 and I'm like. Why? Because it's slow I, and it's quote unquote well, overrated, and it's, it's not. Oh, but it's not exactly. Overrated. It's 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 <laughs> like I talked to you about during Black History Month, where you have to take things in the context, and I've brought it up in other episodes too. But you have to take things in the context of when they were made. The two things I have a hard time taking in context for the time that they were made are sexism and racism. Yeah, because those are wrong no matter what. Because. Yeah. Just, okay, anyway. But, like, there are other things yeah, that there will are happen things. in a show that you're like, really? And it's, well, let's take the time that it was done and why this is revolutionary. And with 2001, you can't deny that without it, you won't have Star Wars. You won't have... Yeah, Star Trek. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's... Yeah. Well, well, actually, no. you'd have Star Trek. Trek. Okay. Because Star Trek was before 2001. That was Gary uh, Lockwood's... Oh, that's uh, true. He was in the pilot for that. Gary Lockwood was Frank in 2001. And, uh, and also the name of a parrot. Also the name, yeah. So, more peeling back the curtain. I mentioned uh, my parrot that I had um, in our Starlight Express episode. But his name was Kier. And he, he did pass recently from cancer uh, before we started doing the podcast. But Kier was an amazing bird. Uh, and... Someday if I do an episode on parrots and why you shouldn't have them, I will talk <laughs> about him. But um, my mom <laughs> got herself the same species of parrot as I had. And this was a girl parrot. We knew this was a girl parrot. <laughs> it was like, because Linnies are sexually dimorphic if you know what to look for. Um, and Gary was very obviously female. But my mom, because I had Kier, she had Gary. <laughs> and Gary was a sweet girl as well. She was sweet to my mom. And me. And you. Gary liked me, uh, but Kier hated my guts. Mm-hmm. And that was just always... Anyway, anyway, but yeah. Yeah, that'll yeah. be an episode on its own about parrots and why you shouldn't own them. It should be a pets episode. <laughs> Let's talk about pets. Oh, we could do a talk about pets. That'll be our most popular episode. <laughs> Have you listened to that musical theater podcast that talked about pets? <laughs> oh, you mean every episode when their dog shows up? That's um, true. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, 2001 A Space Odyssey is, like, groundbreaking. So God, I remember when I went up to the University of Utah with you, because one of your old uh, film professors yes. was playing that, and we got invited up to see it, and we didn't mm-hmm. have to pay anything, so it was cool. Just kind of got to sit in on his class and watch it in the auditorium. Mm-hmm. And I remember being in... It's an auditorium, so I'm kind of like in the middle, and some people sitting up front. I remember after it plays, and the teacher comes out, and he's asking his students, oh, what'd you think? Mm-hmm. And some frat bro... <laughs> It was just like, it was boring, it's slow. And it took everything I had to not just mm-hmm. yell at this guy and be like, do you not understand? Like, what you just, what? Get the kids these days. Kids these days, Kay. 
don't appreciate good stuff. Ah. Oh, what man. With their cell pods and their iBuds. Good lord. Um, anyway, so now we're going to backtrack a little bit because Kira wasn't, <laughs> wasn't just doing like films in the 60s. He did make his Broadway premiere in 1967. So Broadway, the thing that we cover. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> I mean, we cover theater of all scopes because a lot of our shows haven't ever made it to Broadway that we talk about. But he was in Dr. Cook's Garden uh, and co-starred with uh, Burl Ives, which, oh, what will you remember with Burl Ives. Um, uh, the name is drawing a blank sheet of paper in my brain. Silver and gold. Silver no, and gold. No way. The the Rankin yes, Bass? Yes, he was he was the Rankin Bass dude. He, he was, like, was he the miner? Is that what he was? The snowman. Oh. I thought Silver and Gold was sung by... No, a- he a- also... A- the a- snowman a- also sings it. Okay. Um, but he's, he was in that... It, that's where you'd know Burl Ives from, um, pretty sure. Uh, and then that's okay. No worries. Um, yeah, he was he was the snowman. I had to look it up real quick to make sure that I wasn't just completely losing it. But then he was in in nineteen sixty nine, I believe, or the play that became a movie. That has a song. This is my connection to musical theater. That has a song written by the Schwartz. Ooh. He was in Butterflies Are Free. I have heard you talk about that. Yes. Uh, So he plays this blind man who is trying to get away from his overbearing mom. And he was in that with Blythe Danner. A tale as old as time. (laughs) He he was in uh, Butterflies Are Free with Blythe Danner. And that was something that... uh, John Lithgow was on TV with Blythe Danner in an interview, and my mom showed us yeah, that. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, because Kier and Blythe were in Butterflies Are Free, and Kier actually recorded the song Butterflies Are Free on an album that was released 1972. Which yes. you had. Which I have, yes. <laughs> I do have that album, as well as some of the singles that came out with it, because they would do promotional singles with albums. And I got, I got the album before it got released on iTunes. Because I got it on eBay. <laughs> <laughs> super nerd. Super nerd. Um, I guess we super fan. And I not only was able to play it, but, like, I, I, I not only, like, had a means to play it, but I had a means to play it well, because I have a very nice record player at home. I have a couple, um, including one with a stereo system. That's Good really cool. old analog media. It sounds delightful. <laughs> it sounds wonderful. I love the sound of record players. I mean, yeah, but I'm tone deaf. And the, and the sound when you put the when you put the needle down and you kind of hear that scratchiness a little bit, because that's the dust that's in there. And yeah, I love, I love the sound. I don't love the sound of when you try to play a 33 on a 78 RPM. That's not a good sound. (laughs) Or the sound when you forget to put a, uh, a 
spacer in for one of your singles. I can't remember what the spacer is called because it's escaping me right now. But then you hear this warped sound because you the uh, record has room to move as it's spinning around. Anyway, this has been our edition of Record Talk. <laughs> so, Record Talk, a topic that Warren does not know anything about. Yeah, I was watching your eyes just glaze over and I was like, I better stop. Um, and he also, uh, well, okay, so we're in the 60s, so we're going to stay in the 60s with, I'm pretty sure you saw this one with me. And I will say right now, Litstomania is weirder. In 1969, Kier played the Marquis de Sade in De Sade. We did watch that one. Mm -hmm. um, the only part of that one I remember is when Kier was slapping prostitutes. That's the only... Okay, not Kier. Marquis de Sade was slapping prostitutes. Uh, that's the only part of that show that I remember. Yeah, it's... it's an, it's an I still would say you can watch it um it's a very interesting like his acting is, his, his his acting is great like nothing against anything him he is in his like, acting is amazing <laughs> good, good actors can be in bad movies yeah. nobody said that they yeah. couldn't and, and that one so that one was the one that my friend sue and i bonded over sue was the one who i got uh cure to sign some socks for i thought that's what you were going to talk about at the roswell I, I i forgot to mention that that i also had him sign a pair of socks for my friend sue um and may she that, rest in peace he said it was the weirdest thing he's ever been asked to sign yes <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if that's changed oh, it probably I, has i don't know people are weird see and then it just comes into like now I almost want to be that person who is the one that sticks out in a celebrity's mind. Oh, yeah, this person asked me to sign a jar of pickles. Like, Weber. You told me I can't curse, and then you mentioned that name. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> that could be how you get back at him for Starlight Express and Love Never Dies. I'll, I'll, you know what? I'll ask... I've... <laughs> Anyway. I'm respecting your wishes and the filter in my brain. Snatch that comment Good away. Good job, brain filter. Good job, brain filter. So, um, that one, like, that's one of my favorite memories with a friend who's now gone is, uh, is, uh, getting the sock signed for Sue. Um, I, yeah, that's just a fun story. Uh, but the sod is an interesting film. Litstomania is weirder, and we will be covering that one in detail because it's a musical, and it's Ken Russell, so we have to. <laughs> isn't that's another Who one, isn't it? Uh, it's a Roger Daltrey one. Rod okay, Roger Daltrey. Yeah, because I remember you talked about Litstomania in our Tommy episode. Yes, Pete, John, and Keith had nothing to do with that <laughs> one. <laughs> like it's all you. That's all you, Rog. Um. Anyway, so uh. In the 70s is when you have Kier, uh, well, 60s and 70s, because uh, filming of 2001 was in uh, London it, at Shepperton Studios, which has a Who connection, and I'm not going to go into it, because this is not an episode about the Who. <laughs> Everything's connected, Warren. Everything is connected. 
That's what I've been in an saying. Interconnected web. We are all stardust. We are all one. We are part of a grand web that we can barely even conceive. We are more than we are. We are one. What's that? It's okay. We'll watch Lion King two another time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so everything the light touches is part of our podcast. <laughs> That'll be on the shirt. So, so um, in in the UK, that's where you have uh, 2001 being filmed. I want to say Desaad was filmed there. Um, and let's see, what else would have been filmed in? Because it, it was in the, it, it was in like 1970 that he comes back to the US and is on Broadway again. And this is where he plays Brick on, in uh, Cat on a Hot Tin Roof. And uh, tragically, he is the last person to see Salmoneo alive, who we'll probably be covering because he's another big theater and film name. Um, so it was in 1975 that he would have been in P.S. Your Cat is Dead with <coughs> Salmoneo. Well... He was rehearsing it with Salmoneo. Salmoneo so, gets brutally murdered and oh. Kier's one of the last people to have seen him alive oh. because they were rehearsing together and so they were close friends. And That makes yeah. me not want to make my joke. But it's a good joke, so I'm going to do it anyway. Uh, so P.S. Your Cat is Dead? Is that the sequel to Cat on a Hot Tin Roof? To anyone who's seen a cat get on a hot tin roof, it is a spectacle. <sighs> My childhood cat climbed on uh, a shed that was very hot, and uh, the cat learned its lesson. <laughs> From then on, the cat would test the roof before getting on it. That roof was a little higher than it would have been. P.S. Your cat is dead. Ow. I love making you laugh. <laughs> just so you know, I've just added Cat on a Hot Tin Roof to the list of not musicals that we're going to be covering. Fair. <laughs> um, so it would it would have been in uh, the uh, 70s that he comes back to the U.S. Um, but then uh, during that time, he's in... Uh, Oh, I skipped Madame X. God damn it. God damn it, Kay. You swore. I did. So is Madame X Malcolm X's mom? <sighs> I apologize for nothing. <laughs> oh, I'm man. sorry, Kay. Please continue. <laughs> I will try to keep my interruptions right. to a minimum. <laughs> so, Madame X is, uh, let's, uh, I'm, I'm debating how much I tell you about it, but it's, I don't know, it's kind of a courtroom drama a little bit, like, okay. rich lady, mer rich lady, uh, single female lawyer working hard in the big city. No. Not getting taken serious because she's a single female lawyer? No, um, a rich lady, like, fakes her death, and 
stuff to go on with her lover and then uh, ends up having to reunite with her long lost son who's played by Kier. Oh. And Dope. yeah, it's it's one that we'll co- we'll watch it eventually when I can find it again. <laughs> um but so that's that's Madame X. Uh we have a couple of other like smaller things that I either have not been able to find or have not been able to find in an NTSB format that we can watch. Uh Blackwater Gold, Montserrat, uh Kisses Just a Kiss. Uh, Devil in the Brain. Um, Ooh. Yeah. Devil in the Brain. And those are in the 70s. Those are all TV movies. So, um, still movies, but on TV. You know, Devil in the Brain sounds like a great name for uh, depression. Like... It does. Yeah. Devil in the Brain. That's not what it's about, but it does. Well, I'm I'm gonna steal that. I'm gonna (laughs) gonna use that in my vernacular now. So, then we get to one that you have seen. And that... It was uh, one that, because I had told you about the next one. I had not hey. told you about this one. Is this the naked cowboy one? This is one? the naked cowboy <laughs> one, except he's not a naked cowboy. <laughs> but he, he's, he's a hockey player who emulates being a cowboy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Paperback hero. That's, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That one was, that one was okay. Yeah, like, that he, one's a good one. Like, as far, like, I, like, like we talked about, like, he's a good actor. Yes. Like, he's a really good actor. Mm-hmm. So even if I don't necessarily like the movie, it doesn't mean he yeah. didn't do a good job. It's like when we review a show and I'm like, every, these people were really good. Mm-hmm. I just didn't care for the, the yeah. subject material or yeah, stuff like no, that. Yeah, no, it's, it's, that, that's another one that I do recommend people see. I just remember the... It was a the, shower scene. I just remember the shower scene, and just, we're watching that, and I just kind of turn to you and just look at you, <laughs> and I just watch you kind of go beat red, and then be like, looking at me, like, stop it! <laughs> but yes, so there's, there's Paperback Hero. Um, that one has... Uh, Gordon Lightfoot uh, sings If I Could Change Your Mind, which is uh, sort of the song for that movie. Um, and I like that. So- I like Gordon Lightfoot, but I also like that song. Um, anyway, so after Paperback Hero, we get a TV show that he was in. What? Which one? Okay. What was your guess going to be? I, I can't remember the name, but I think if it's the one I think you're going to talk about, I remember him talking about it. Yes. Star Lost. Yes. Yes. And that one, I've seen people rip it to YouTube, but I kind of want to buy the DVD set if I can find it because I know that there's DVDs out there. Uh, I just remember him talking about how bad it was yes. and how everybody on set knew how bad it was. Yes. And if you watch it in that vein, it could be a fun watch yes. because it's like, okay, everyone was aware and just still putting their hearts into it. Uh, and I, the imagery that I have been able to see from that one is so wild wasn't, and I love it. Wasn't the premise that they were like all on this space station that had all these different rooms? Yeah, and like, like arcs, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah different from Ark Survival Evolved. <laughs> but, um, oh man, it was, it's, it's one that I do want to see. Um, it lasted from 73 to 74, so like a season. Mm. But, you know, that's kind of the way that, it goes. That, that was back when seasons were like 26 to 56 episodes. Yeah. This one was 16. 
<laughs> so short season short even for the season. time. Yeah, yeah. Like it's it's no my mother the car, but <laughs> um anyway, so uh we have in seventy four we have show we have movies like Paul and Michelle, but we also have one that you have seen, Black Christmas. I was wondering when you were gonna get to that. Yes, that is seventy four. Um that is an, that's a good movie. Yeah, it's a really good that's slasher. A good, that's a good movie. And uh that was the first movie that I had seen Kira in that I was kind of like, his character's a prick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just, I just remember that because he plays this musician and he's very uh, conceited, you mm-hmm. know, the, if I remember correctly, his character is and stuff like that. And and uh, yeah, God, what was the joke that we made? Like any movie that he's not the main character in, he dies? Yes, and that's the case with this one. <laughs> um, For those who don't don't know, uh, I don't know, maybe I shouldn't spoil well, Anyway, but I, I think I will. So, People who don't know, uh, Black Christmas is where you get that that iconic trope of, we trace the call. It's coming from inside the house. Get yeah. out! Yeah. And uh, let me show you who uh, who or what the director also directed. Yeah, you told me about this before. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the the same director who directed one of the most iconic holiday movies, and one of my personal favorites, A Christmas Story. Yep. Bob Clark. Yep. Also Baby Geniuses. And Porky's. He, he did Porky's? Yes. Oh my god, you haven't seen that one I have yet. not seen Porky's yet. <laughs> but yeah, so that's, that's you know, Black Christmas. It had... Um, so wow, that's... that. Wow, that is uh, some contrasting... That is some range. Bodies of work. Uh... <laughs> Yep. Okay. Please continue, Kay. Makes you almost want to do, like, a mashup of Black Christmas and Christmas Story. With some porkies thrown in, for good measure. <laughs> oh, gosh. So, um, that one also starred Olivia Hussey, who was in the 60s version of Romeo and Juliet. Such an unfortunate last name. Just for a woman. Like, I just, I just feel bad. Oh my gosh. Um, so he was in that one. Uh, then he did some more TV movies, including the Law and Order TV movie. Um, he was in Welcome to Blood City, which I don't think you've seen. <laughs> that sounds like such a B movie. I don't think you've seen Welcome to Blood City. I have, but it's not one that I remember a lot of. Um, but I have seen that. I've seen so many of these so sometimes one ones that are western influence tend to bleed together well they're definitely it's a case of like you haven't seen them recently mm-hmm. so of course yeah you know because I've, I've got you know david and lisa because that one is one of my perennial favorite cure delay movies in 2001 a space odyssey obviously and then there are some that i watched so much that i probably wore out the dvd so um yeah like Let's see. Oh, yeah, we're almost to uh, 1978 here, because in 77, we have him in Haunting of Julia, Welcome to Blood City. Uh, He was in a short called Mannequin, which I have not been able to find anywhere. Which, actually, folks in the Cure Delay Appreciation Society on Facebook, if y'all find it, y'all should post that. Or even clips, honestly, at this point, for some things, because some things probably just don't exist anymore. Because TV likes to disappear yep just like that 
Avengers joke. Um, <laughs> so in 78, we have one that you have seen. Let me guess. Because I was wondering, I was thinking, because as we're talking about this, my brain is like, like a Rolodex. It's like flipping, Rolodex. It's like flipping through different stuff that I've seen him in. Is it Leopard in the Snow? Yes! Look at me. I love, I love Leopard in the Snow, even though I'm pretty sure that the Leopard was a Jaguar in some shots, because it looked a little bit less Leopard spotty, more Jaguar spotty. I don't remember this one as well. Mm -hmm. I remember it not being one of my more favorite ones, Mm -hmm. but... (sighs) It's one of the better Harlequin romance uh, adaptations. Granted, I didn't read Harlequin romances, but... Didn't Kira actually get mauled by that Jaguar? That's what I had read, was that he got mauled by the Leopard. Did you ever ask him? I never did. Here, did you? We need, we need did find... you really get mauled, dude? Did you actually get mauled by that thing? Like, like, damn, bro. <laughs> yeah, like, because I just I I remember seeing that, and because I saw things from oh he got mauled to oh it jumped at him and tore his coat. Not sure which is true if either, but yeah, that one I enjoy. It's um because I'm not a huge romance movie person. <laughs> And that one was one that I was like, well, it's it's a better one because it's not five minutes of face sucking and I have to listen to face sucking happening on camera <laughs> <laughs> um, or anything like that. Um, and it's not really like a, I don't know, it's, it's, it's definitely not like the rom-coms that I tend to hate. Because it's definitely not a rom-com. I don't it's have, just a rom. I don't have very many memories attached to that film, uh, so I can't really recall much about it. There was, uh, Kier was a... He was a race car driver. Yeah, former race car driver. I remember and that. he had sustained an injury that kept him from racing anymore. And he has this leopard and... There's a woman, and is it that the woman gets lost? The woman gets lost and stranded. And, and finds her way to his, like, cabin or something? Yeah, yeah, and it's it's very... It kind of is a little bit of a Stockholm Syndrome. That's what I was thinking, but I didn't want to say that necessarily in case I was way off. But no, it, it kind of is. But it ends well. It's a little bit more believable than Seven Brides for Seven Brothers, so I'll give it that. <laughs> so, um... I mean, have you tried to to get an unwilling woman inside of a burlap sack? It is hard. And then you got to throw that over your shoulder and, like, carry it while they're flailing about. Like, man, that show really does not do kidnapping women justice for how difficult it actually is. That's why things like chloroform and billy clubs exist, you know? Good old Trank Dart. So we move on to um, some other things that he was in uh he's played general custer in legend of the golden gun uh he was in because he's my friend uh those were both tv movies another tv movie he was in that i have a fun story about was brave new world Mm. and that one was funny because of um he had yes okay uh, so this this lets you into my hyper focus brain. He was talking about the uh, workout routines that he had done over the years and how he'd done uh, Bikram Row 
Bikram yoga and uh, a lot of cycling, a lot of uh, power walking. The thing with the sticks. The thing with the sticks, uh, the elliptical. Um, and the thing that really makes me go, oh my gosh, I hyper-focus too easily, uh, was when he brought out a picture from Brave New World and was like, uh, you know, do you know when this was? And I'm like, oh, Brave New World, 1982. <laughs> it's just like, whoa, no one knows about this one. And <laughs> it's like, yeah, I, I do. I've never been able to see it, but I do. I do want to see that one because Brave New World's an interesting story to me anyway. So that one's another one that's a rarity that, please God, let it fall from the sky and into my hands. Yes, that was a hand falling from the sky and onto my lap. <laughs> a little different. <laughs> I was just trying to do some Foley work. <laughs> so we have a lot of uh, TV movies and lesser known movies in the 80s going up until uh, 1984 when he is in two movies that you have seen. So one of them is going to be the next one. Yes. I don't know what the other one is. 2010. Oh, okay. Then both okay. of those were the same year. The next one. That's a fun movie. It's really like, fun. It, like it, I like that one a lot. Like it's not the normal kind of movie that I would like. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know what to expect, but I found myself enjoying it. Yes. And it has some really good scenes in it. Yes, it does. Uh, but then of course it's also, it's also just kind of, it's also kind of bizarre. Yeah. It's, have you seen Starman? No, but I've heard it. It's Starman with Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Starman is Jeff Bridges, right? Yes. He's in that one. Yeah. I've, because I remember you talking about Starman in its 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 uh, similarities to mm -hmm. this to the next one. Yes, um, but yeah, I haven't seen Starman. And that one was in Greece, and yeah, it's uh, the next one. Yeah, the next the next the one time in... traveler. The time traveler is the American version, I believe, and then the next one is the Greek version. I think is the name for it. I can't remember exactly, um, but he plays Glenn who washes up on a shore and ends up uh, being befriended by this woman, this widow and her son, and then befriended by the widow. And, uh-huh, uh, <laughs> uh-huh, be be befriended, that's, uh, And he, yep. he, he you she... get the reveal that Jesus was one of these yeah. people that washed doesn't, up. Doesn't he have a number on him? Yeah, he has a number on, on him, and uh. It, might be a barcode on his yeah, neck or it, something. Yeah, it's something along the lines of yeah. like, because they obviously come from some other place, some yeah. other reality, but they all look the same. Like they're mm -hmm. they're they're copies of each other, but they have these uh, abilities, yeah, so to speak, like resurrection. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's a very interesting movie. If you can it's... find the next one slash the time traveler. It's worth a watch. Yeah, like, it that's really the thing. is. Like it, it, it is a little bizarre and stuff like that. But like it's it's one of my favorites. It's a fun movie. Like I remember, I enjoyed it the whole time we watched it. Mm -hmm. Mostly because there were no naked shower scenes for my. There was my a naked girlfriend. scene. You oh, I guess butt. that's true. You oh, see that's his right. butt. You see his butt. Um, 
It's okay, babe. Um, <laughs> so then you have 2010, which we talked about a little bit, that he reprised his role as David Bowman. And uh, that's another favorite of mine. I actually cry at the ending every time. Those movies are so different because mm-hmm. like Kubrick, different Kubrick filmed it the original one uh I don't know it, it's hard for me to explain because I feel like the 2010 is much more reminiscent of what we would consider nowadays in terms mm-hmm. of more like quote-unquote modern filmmaking yeah and because it's it's faster paced and stuff like that mm-hmm. and and uh yeah a lot more John Lithgow yeah John Lithgow mm-hmm. um and also, they did not have the original sets to work with because Kubrick right. destroyed them because Kubrick didn't want them being reused for other movies because, you know, that's a common thing. If you've got film sets left over to film studio, you're going to It saves time and money. Yeah. yeah. It makes sense. Like, it, yeah, just reusing assets. And uh, this one, uh, they had to rebuild the set from, like, photographs of Kubrick's set, which is really cool. Um, and... Stage crews are awesome. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They're amazing. And so, um, oh, yeah, that's that's another one that I really, really enjoy. Um, and around, let's see, when was it that he founded? So he moved to Connecticut in the, I want to say the 70s or 80s, and he co-founded the Theater Artists Workshop of Westport with his then wife at the time, Susie Fuller, in 1983. And he was with her until her death in 1998. Um, and we'll talk a little bit about Kier in the 90s, because Kier did stuff in the 90s. Um, he was in... Uh, he was in a show in a movie called Oh What a Night, and I have not been able to find that one. Um, I know that it's like I want to say it's like fifties ish almost. So that was in the nineties and ninety two, and then in oh, but the show, but the movie takes place in the 50s. the movie takes place in the fifties, and then in two thousand, and I think you've seen this one with me. He was in the Audrey Hepburn story as Audrey Hepburn's dad. Maybe. That doesn't ring any bells. Mm-hmm. Okay, no worries. Uh, it was basically just a Bio- biopic of uh, Audrey Hepburn. Uh, he was also in Witchblade in 2001. I have not seen any of Witchblade, but he was in that. I've only seen the anime. You've only seen the anime? Okay. Um, yeah, I don't think I don't think he was in... I don't... No, he wasn't in the anime. It was a live no. Yeah, it was action. the live action that was I, not CW. Anyway, well, yeah, it was it was somewhere in that realm of. It's it's CWB. the same WB. It's the same um, uh, intellectual property, mm-hmm. but just definitely not on UPN. Um, and then he was in Law and Order in a few episodes that you and I have watched together. Uh, always seems yeah. to play a bad guy in Law and Order. Yeah, it's um, work is work. Yeah, uh, he was in The Lonely Sky, which was a short about flying in flying a biplane, and it was a really cool short. I don't think I ever had you watch that one, 
but you did see uh I, did you see the good shepherd with me that one sounds more familiar okay he was in that one um, i don't know if i remember as a senator senator john russell senior but i don't know if you saw that one but you did see in 2008 with me the accidental husband yes did see that i freaking his, love his part his character is pretty great in that yeah uh, because he's not in it for for very long unfortunately mm-hmm. but his character is really great um is he playing like a german guy yeah like that yes. yeah and he his his character is funny mm. and kier's accents are great like his his german accents great um he's he's, just, he's such a good actor oh my gosh anyway uh in 2009, he was in All Me All the Time alongside his wife, Maya Dillon. Maya, again, I need to do an episode on her because she's amazing. Uh, and All Me All the Time is a fun one because uh, I am friends with the screenwriter for that one, Susan Sonoman. And she also has worked on The Goldbergs. Like, she works on that one, which is a TV show that we don't have TV but she's she works on the Goldbergs. You'll believe me. <laughs> um, yeah, of course I believe you. You would never lie or deceive me for any reason. This is true. Um, he was also in Castle, which... Uh, I have seen a little bit of Castle. I yeah, don't know if I saw... Oh, he was no, in I, the pilot episode. That's right. I ha- so I have seen mm-hmm. uh, the episode that he's in. Yep, and that's the only episode of Castle I've seen. <laughs> um I, tr- I just... I, you know, honestly, I, I only watched the pilot episode because he was in it and watched it with you, and I was initially kind of intrigued, and I watched some of the show, but then I just... Yeah. There's there's, there's too much media out there. There is. There's a lot of media out there. It's um, hard to keep up with everything. And I meant to talk more about All Me All the Time, but then I got on a tangent. Um, that would never happen. That would never happen. All Me All the Time is a very interesting story, because it's like two different couples and then you find out that there's a lot of infidelity within those two couples and it's like at the same time as these girls are getting ready to graduate high school and go to college and um susan does really good work with her shows um i highly recommend that y'all go on and get all me all the time it should be available still on dvd and stuff that's how i got it um and then uh, we have um, Isn't It Delicious, which I don't think you've seen yet, or Infinitely Polar Bear, which you need to see. Yeah. Infinitely Polar Bear um, is a film that Kier was in. Uh, he's in it as the father-in-law, I believe, if I remember right. The father-in-law uh, to Mark Ruffalo's character, Yeah, to right? Mark Ruffalo's character. Uh, yeah, he's Zoe Saldana's is he Zoe Saldana's father-in-law? No, he's not. He is Mark Ruffalo's <laughs> father-in-law. I had to remember who was who in it because I've not been able to see it since I saw it at Sundance. But like, it was one of those things where I went, oh, Mark Ruffalo's in this. Oh, Zoe Saldana's in it. Kier's in it for one scene. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please. Full stop. <laughs> Getting tickets now. <laughs> um. But yeah, he, he does a really good job in that one. And also Infinitely Polar Bear is another one of those movies that tackles mental illness really well. Um, that one kind of hit me a little harder than other movies because, yeah, it, it reminded me a lot of, like, 
living with my dad, even though he never was diagnosed with anything that I know of. He just, the mannerisms were so similar that it was just like, oh, mm. oh no. Um, but so he's in that one. Uh, he's in Space Station 76. Um, there's quite a few movies that we still need to watch of his. Um, April Flowers, we need to still watch. Um, he's in Valley of the Gods in 2019. We still need to watch Fahrenheit 451, which was 2018 and has, uh, I want to say Michael B. Jordan's in that one. And Fahrenheit 451 is a book that I really enjoyed. And so, like, not just because Kier's in it, but I do really want to see Fahrenheit 451 because, again, I like the book. Um, but he also, very recently, was in The Hunters, which we have not watched yet. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, or Hunters, not The Hunters. but Nazi yeah. killing, right? Yeah, the Nazi killing one, which you're all on board with. <sighs> so on board. But he's also in another show that I want to take some time to say y'all need to check out called We Need to Talk About AI. It's a documentary that's available on Amazon, on YouTube, I believe on iTunes. Um, it is like $3.99 to get it, so not very much. Um, y'all need to check it out. It's good. It's We haven't finished the documentary yet just because we've had a lot we've been spinning a lot of plates but but it's really it's interesting. really yeah and i I'm, and, I'm enjoying it and, and monsieur kirdelay narrates it yes and uh that one's out now y'all should y'all should watch it um yeah and like what we should talk about when you met him in 2012 at phoenix comic-con um, well i talked about it a little bit mm -hmm. i mean i i teased you the whole drive down yeah uh, because you know i'm i'm uh petty jealous and immature uh so i teased k the whole drive down uh got to meet him and was immediately like i can't not like this guy mm -hmm. like he is he just oozes sincerity and he was incredibly charismatic and mm -hmm. incredibly charming and funny and had all these these fun stories to tell about and just just such a genuinely nice wonderful person mm -hmm. and then i was kind of like okay fine my girlfriend can have a crush on you <laughs> <laughs> so i just kind of resigned myself to that and mm -hmm. uh but yeah just i'm very I don't think it would be unfair to say he is a very underrated actor. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that people need to appreciate him a lot more. He, they really do because he is amazing. I do remember something that he, uh, I can't remember if he told you or if he's told us, but I remember, uh, a thing that, that came from him that was his true love is theater. Like mm -hmm. he loves above, you know, other stuff, he loves theater. Yep. And I remember him saying that uh, movies and shows paid the bills, but theater paid the soul. Yes. And that is that is an excellent Cure Delay quote to end this episode on. Um, but before we end the episode, we have to uh, do one more thing, but we can't do it through copyrights because... Michael Jackson's company still owns owns the owns the song, or is it Apple Hill Publishing? Somebody still owns this song, 
So we need to we need to wish Kier a happy oh. happy birthday. Um, I could do a Camille Nanjelani. He's he's cool. He'll be chill. He won't give a crap. <laughs> you can do it. Just uh, maybe not the imitation of this. Oh uh, yeah, you can sing it. However, happy birthday. Thank you very much. <laughs> happy birthday. Thank you very much. So thank you for just all of the amazing theater and film portrayals that you have done throughout the years, Kier. We just, and, and for being such an awesome human being, such a wonderful human being, we hope that you have a wonderful birthday, the happiest of birthdays, that uh, you have a wonderful rest of this year, that you have a wonderful year next year. All the love and sincerity. All of from, the love and sincerity from, from both us. Kay and I. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a little more love from Kay, <laughs> but plenty of sincerity from me. Yeah. Happy I'm... birthday to ya. Happy birthday to ya. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to ya. Happy birthday to ya. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. So happy birthday, Kier. We love you. You are awesome. Kier got my wife to sing, so yes. (laughs) Um, We hope that everyone enjoyed this episode. Uh, We're planning on doing some more Kay and Laurentines throughout the coming weeks, months however longs um (laughs) but yeah just wanted to do this episode because it's kier's birthday and he's an awesome guy and everyone needs to know and learn more about kier delay and check out everything he's been in agreed everyone got go check it out tone deaf audience you know what to do so and also tone deaf audience all of y'all should go check out We Need to Talk About AI, which is the latest work he's been in. Do and it. raise a glass and have a toast to Cure Delay and uh, blow those candles out and make a wish. Yep. That'll be it for tonight. I'm Kay. I'm Warren. And this has been Tone Death.